0: to the races. Welcome to a new episode of the Rebel Radio Podcast. And um, man, uh, it's been a weird week. Almost we I, we will tell people the truth. We almost did not record. We almost took a week off. Yeah, um, which is rare for us because I have been uh, battling the flu, and it's been um, miserable to say the least. <laughs> um, it, it kicked my ass so hard. It's still kicking my ass a little bit. Still not hundred percent. So if I do that during the show, apologies, you know, <laughs> no, just don't turn it off and say this motherfucker's coughing everywhere. I'm not going to listen to this shit. So it's funny. I didn't call fall morning. Now we sit down and record and it's like, I start coughing.
1: Now all of a sudden you have to cough. That's how it is. You know, it's, you know, it never works around your schedule.
0: No, it's like, it's not convenient. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm on the mend. Uh, here we are. Fighting through it, the show must go on, Uh, and um, you know, uh, but it it happens. We we almost missed a week, but uh, we did not. Here we are. We're battling it out, man, battling it out. And uh, and if if you get this Tuesday morning instead of Monday morning, uh, again, that was because of the flu bug. And we're recording this a little late in the week. So if I don't get it all done in one day and edited and put out, well, forgive me. Yeah, give it takes you time to, to process, listen to you while you're man. You're, yeah, while you're you know eating your turkey dinner or, or you're sick and tired of hearing family, you're like, I'm gonna go listen to Mark and Matt on the Rebel Radio podcast.
1: A damn, Mariah and, Carey's popping up on the radio, and you're like, I need a break from Mariah. You know, we'll um, take that
0: it. Was kind of random, but sure.
1: Yeah, you mm-hmm. know, all I want for Christmas is you. You know,
0: yeah. that's so old and like, yeah, yeah. really. Yeah, yeah. see. It's much better to listen Pat, to us. You're an internet meme, god damn it. <laughs> be all
1: that you can you should, meme. You should be one. <laughs> um <laughs> the fuck's wrong with you. I don't know. That's uh um, that's a good question.
0: But yeah, so I spent a lot of time uh this week. Um I, I, I did work for parts of the week fighting through the flu and did take a day off and went to the doctor and got some medications and and um but I, I spent some time you know just resting a lot um in the in the bed curled up with my my hot tea which i fucking hate i hate hot tea it's disgusting yeah. but but it's necessary when you're not feeling good and um you know my it does help my my bullet yeah my blanket and my uh in my television and you know i was able to watch a few things this week which is good at least uh uh, but you know, it's i still would rather been uh, feeling feeling better than the way I felt. Because man, like uh, you know, I you know this this kind of safe to talk about now in the world we live in. You know, I've had COVID a couple times, and even COVID didn't kick my ass like this flu has kicked my ass this week. This is it's been rough, and uh, you know, so I don't I don't recommend it on anyone. Try to avoid things like the flu. Yeah, get your flu shot. avoid it. You know. We can. I usually do get a flu shot, but I haven't got one this year yet. And, uh, and I usually don't get the flu. So go figure. I haven't got a flu shot yet. I get the flu.
1: <laughs> yeah, most of them are. I think I think they've made them like free. So it's just the you know oh, trying. Yeah. You know, get up, make an appointment. You know, get up, get, out get out of the house. One. Most of
0: the time, you just walk into a pharmacy and get one. Give you know. me the shot. Give me the juice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I can get more bionic parts inside of me. There you
1: go. Like Peyton Manning, you know, whenever you have that neck like surgery,
0: real life RoboCop or something <laughs> <laughs> with the Robo parts and Robo, a Robo worker at my store I work at.
1: <laughs> and if you can get that uh, attachment that allows you to accurately shoot a guy in the dick, you know, that'd be cool.
0: That'd be pretty awesome. You know? Yeah. He did do you that got the attachment got a guy on the that? Deck. never never mind <laughs> you got that. <laughs>
1: that one attachment
0: yeah it's made you let's go all the time uh-huh ready to go yeah yeah like <laughs> go with that. um <laughs> but yeah so in my um in my week off man i i i didn't you know it's funny i said i watched a lot but i didn't watch a whole lot i did watch i had never seen a I never seen bad boys for life. The third bad boys. I forgot. And, uh, there was a so third I watched one. It. Yeah. I watched it, man. It shit had me rolling. Dude. It's funny. Uh, it's kind of funny that I watched it in a week in which Will Smith made the news again for apparently some, uh, unsavory things. Um, having oh, sex damn. with a male coworker. Apparently you didn't see that. Yeah. No, I didn't. He was caught in the act. He was caught in a sex act with a male, another male actor. One set of Dang. some film. Um, Uh, that's the rumor anyway of course jada comes out and defends him as always and says oh no he didn't do this so you don't know if your husband's sucking pee -pee behind the scenes yeah (laughs) you know i mean i'm just saying it's hollywood you know i guess those things happen um but yeah man bad boys for life was um it was funny man there's Martin Lawrence, dude, you know, it's funny, those movies aren't really, Will Smith's not really the funny one, it's Martin Lawrence, dude, he's hilarious, you know, he he cracks me up in those movies. Yeah, Uh, Will Smith (laughs) just kind of plays off of Lawrence. Yeah, and uh, it it was good, man, it's, Michael Bay makes a weird cameo in it, even though he didn't direct this one, you know, he just produced it, and he comes on the screen, I'm like, oh, that's weird, that's Michael Bay. In the middle of a scene, for some strange reason, he plays like a preacher or something. That's a wedding scene. I'm like, oh, that's odd. That's funny. I know. uh, But the whoever did direct it, I didn't even look who directed. They sure tried to copy Bay. It's got the 360 degree shots and the the lower camera angles and swooping around and all that stuff and slow motion explosions. Yeah, lots of explosions and uh, yeah. But it it was entertaining. it was a good afternoon watch for a couple hours, something I hadn't seen before, and, and I enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, I I, I I have been on my Voodoo account. I'm not sure why. Might have been one of those free movies I got, or maybe someone, there used to be a guy at work that would hand me codes and stuff, and it might have been one of those where he handed me a code, and... And I got it. Sometimes I've gotten free codes off of like movie groups and stuff too. So I probably picked up the code from somewhere along the line, and I just never sat down and watched it. So I decided, like, you know, I have this on my account, I might as well watch it. Nice um, man. But it was pretty good. And then uh, I watched the uh, first two episodes of Scott Pilgrim Takes Off, and uh, the I new was it, anime look, that's on Netflix. Looks pretty cool. It's it's fun. It's uh it's fun. It's definitely uh it's more it it's not kid friendly. Just beware. Oh, okay. now, now it's not kid friendly in the sense that most the kids probably aren't going to notice the stuff in it, but it's definitely mm-hmm. closer to the comics and more R-rated. Where the movie's PG 13, okay. the comic is more a little more the anime is a little more mature. There's no nudity or anything like that in it. It's just the things that the characters say, you know, and the, and maybe the kids watching it won't notice it because it's a fast paced anime. But um, but but it just beware it is a little bit more mature than even the movie was. And the movie's pretty mature for a PG 13 film. Um, yeah. But so far, I'm really enjoying the heck out of it. The first episode is almost just like the movie. And then the second episode tends to break out into more what the comic was, the expanded story, the comic books and things like that. And uh, so I'm two episodes into it and uh, definitely I'm going to watch it. I mean, I, I love the movie and the, the anime so far is uh, really good, really well done. It's cool because all the original voice came back. You know, they got Michael Sarah, Elizabeth Weinstead, Everyone came back to do their part. Uh, Even Chris Evans is in there for his voice. So I wow. think that's cool that they got Evans came to, back. They got everyone. Brandon Routh is in there. Yeah, they got everyone to come back for their, their voices in the, the original that's cast. Awesome. I think that's cool. Opry Plaza, you know, the same girl who played knives, they're all back for the for the show. Um, the only weird thing is like uh, Michael Sarah just he still sounds the same, but not, you know, because he has grown up a little bit a little where older. everyone else kind of sounds the same. Or <laughs> Sarah, I don't know, he just sounds a little different. Um he, or maybe it's the way he's playing, Scott. He's playing him a little different, I guess, in the voice of the show. But um, but it's good so far, man. I like it. Uh, you know, I've been looking forward to it for a while, so that's cool. They're going to basically adapt the comic books and and make an anime out of it, and um, it's finally here, and it's on Netflix now. And um, definitely worth, worth watching. Uh, I'm trying to think, did I watch anything else this week? What did, what did you check out while I think about it? I noticed something else I watched, and just my mind is escaping me again. Well, I started on... Um, is the killer, but I haven't finished it yet. Oh, okay. I did start it. it it's it, it's a slow that. burn. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. I did start it, but I haven't finished it. Uh, my early review on it is, it's okay. I'm not like super stoked on it or anything. It's like, yeah, I'll finish it. Um, but so far, it's like, yeah, it's all right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, I went ahead and, uh, you know, you had mentioned the, um, the trilogy, uh, I forget what you know how you uh, relate it, uh, related, uh, yeah, R- relate it, but it was a, uh, it's the puree trilogy or Detective Pouar. Pur- Pur- I don't know. The, you know, Perot? he's French. Perot? Perot. Perot. It's just Perot. Yeah. It's not hard to say. Yeah. It's his mustache. <laughs> it gets in the way of him
0: pronouncing
1: his words. I don't know. And, uh, but I, I i like it um i watched all three films uh and of course in true fashion as always i bought something that was streaming again
0: i i didn't think <laughs> it was me that i'm like yeah it's it's owned by disney fox they put it on hulu the day it came out for um on video or digital for free streaming i guess i assumed
1: yep. because it was so new that it just wasn't <laughs> streaming so i just you know yeah. bought
0: it but I watched you need uh, to start I, texting me. Hey, Mark, I'm thinking about buying his movies and streaming. Where because I usually know, yeah, dude, so, I, yeah. That, that's a good idea. You're like, hey, man, <laughs> what do you think?
1: You know, like, hey, dude, pump the bricks, it's gonna go streaming on Netflix two weeks. Uh, all right, all right. Yeah. no, but uh, I'd never seen Mur- murder on the Orient Express, um, I had never seen uh, death on the Nile, uh, and uh, of course, I hadn't seen uh, a haunting in Venice. Uh, so I did start. I went ahead and started with uh, Murder on the Orient Express, and uh, what what I've noticed with all three films is that in Wes Craven's style, uh, I'll say you know they take like this person who you're like, oh, this is like the front, this is like the the top billed actor, you know, in the in the cast, and then he they fucking die <laughs> in like all three films. It feels like uh, Johnny Depp dies. Gal Gadot dies, and well, thanks, man, I haven't
0: watched the um, second one yet, all the way through.
1: Oh, oh, okay. I thought you had seen. I thought you had seen all of them. No, I started. It, i have not finished Yeah, well, well, she dies fairly early. Well, no, not fairly. Early. I guess halfway through. Okay, sorry about that.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna watch it. Uh, fuck you, man. <laughs> well,
1: well, he still. That's probably the best one. I think. I think the second one is the best. The first one, it's uh, it's a lot of drawn out whodunit. A lot of detective work, um, you know, running around kind of like Clue, you know, after these scenes, these murder scenes have happened. And then, you know, people confess to the murder, but then another person will confess to the murder. And the first one turns out it was everybody. And that was pretty cool. I like that little twist. Um, the second one, it's a little, it, I, I wanted to try and uh, and guess who it was because I got it, obviously got it partially right on the first one but still wrong because it wasn't everybody that I had guessed I thought it was uh Michelle Pfeiffer's character uh, in the first one because I'm like that's too obvious you stabbed yourself in the back it's like you know all the way up there she's uh oh, wow. she's trying too hard to make herself not look like the the bad guy what would you watch
0: no I do no, go ahead and finish I uh, do remember the there are two things I watched
1: and then the second one I guessed it because I'm like okay there's a a thing pattern in these movies they don't uh it's never the obvious obviously and so it's like you've got to think about who the least obvious people are um and you know you may not know who did it but it's like that's usually who it is and so i and i i guessed it on the uh on the third one and i got it right um and jackie it was her second choice on the third one um who is the killer um so there's always a uh um, a cool, you know, explanation that uh, Poré, uh you know, unravels. And uh, he's pretty good. Uh, I like his character. He loves eggs and he loves them to be proportionate. I think that's hilarious. <laughs> and he always talks about his breakfast. It's like, my eggs, they were not the same size. Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> just makes me kind of almost makes me want a French accent or to be able to talk oh, like Lord, one, no. you know. But, uh, but yeah, I, I like the trilogy. I think *Conning in Venice is, is great. Uh, I recommended it to my mom because she loves murder mystery. And, uh, you know, I think if, if you're if – you got a Hulu account, check it out, man, even if you haven't seen the other two. It's uh, a good – gen- yeah.
0: whodunits are a good genre. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's – you don't want to do too many of them because otherwise they get watered down. But it's nice that they made a little comeback with the Knives Out films and the, the pure, pure movies being adapted into film. You know, -hmm. so it's, it's a, it's a good genre that's not used enough, you know, um, definitely it's a, it's a cool thing. Um, oh, I, I remember a couple other things I watched, uh, for this one, I'll just get out of the way. I I just, I joined this RoboCop. I I guess that's why I was brought RoboCop earlier. I joined this RoboCop Facebook group that talks about Mm -hmm. the movies and things like that. And they're just they're constantly blasting the remake in it right so i was like i'm going to sit down and rewatch the remake while i was off this weekend i just don't get the hatred for the remake it's it's clean i can watch it with the kids um Joel Kinnaman's kinneman's good in it it does feel like it could be better don't get me wrong yeah um but it's it's still better than two or three i think you know it's not as good as the original yeah but like i like the the look of it i like the design i like the way they modernized it with the the tech and stuff
1: are there um, is there crack in hookers is there cocaine and hookers? Well, no. Like the okay. That's what it's missing. But you know, it's how you capture I, the soul of... of but but Gary
0: know. Oldman is good in <laughs> it. I mean, I it, I like the fact that the family stays involved with him after he's mm. after he's killed. You know, there's things I like about it. Um but I did watch this, I watched the first episode of the Continental. Um oh man, man it's just not yeah. Yeah, no. I'm, I'm struggling like how it has that almost a 7.5 on IMDb. I don't, does it get, I don't know if it gets better because like it just to me, who the producers of this, I know Solinsky is a producer by name because he directed the John Wick films, but you can't tell me he's involved in this. It's like these people don't get I don't think they understand what the world of John Wick is supposed to be. Yeah, it doesn't have the style. It doesn't have the feel. It doesn't have the vibe the only thing it has anything in common is the hotel and Winston and some assassins. It just, yeah. it feels off. It feels just like I was trying really hard to like it. And I'm just like, it just doesn't, It it's just missing something. It's missing that, the vibe of John wick. It's missing John wick himself in some ways. Um, and yeah. I guess the biggest thing is it's not necessary. We don't need it. It's like, almost, no one asked the, for it. The coolest it. thing about the John wick world is, that it exists and yes. you just, you watch it unfold in front of your eyes and you enjoy the little things that unfold in front of your eyes for what it is. We don't need an explanation of anything behind the scenes. And I think it just, it's, it may, almost waters it down to the point where like, we don't need all this and, uh, was just hoping it would be better, but it's just, it's just not, you know? Yeah, no, that's uh,
1: I remember watching the first episode and, uh, just really like some of the stuff that they try and go on, you know, tangents about, and these little scenes like buying land and you know trying to yeah. get in touch with the uh, you know wealthy land buyers. And I'm another like, another thing is this is too many characters. Yeah,
0: it's lot. way too many characters too. Like John Wick does a good job by introducing and characters. right off of the, the slow- bat too. Yeah. Well John Wick did fucking... a good job of slowly introducing characters. This just throws you into this world and it, it's just it's just too much. It doesn't work well. Um Mel Gibson really feels like why is he in this? It's just like he's reading his lines, and Mel's not a bad actor. He's bad in this. Yeah. He just doesn't. It's almost like Mel took a paycheck. Like, you know what? They'll put me in these John Wick prequels and give me a paycheck. I'm gonna I'm gonna do
1: it. You know, yeah, like they went for a uh, you know, a name. And you know, Mel was like, "Fuck yeah, I'll take it."
0: <laughs> and, uh, but Yeah, yeah I man. I just, uh, I, happened. I don't know if I'll go back and watch episode two and three. You know, I think I'll be done with it. I just, yeah, yeah, like it enough. That's where I stopped. I
1: stopped at one, and I was just like, "Damn, this it's not that great." Not, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not then it dragged. You know, and
0: then, it's, and then like an hour and twenty minutes each. I'm like, yeah, you know, do really need four and a half hour prequel to John Wick. You <laughs> know, but yeah. um. But yeah, no, it just uh, wasn't good. And uh, shame, shame, you know, but that's what they get for trying to cash in on things.
1: I think it would be more, um, it would be more successful if they made like what was going on around the John Wick stuff, like in that time, maybe with right. all the other. Yeah. Or
0: if you're going to do a prequel.
1: Developing the prequel. Uh, yeah.
0: Do a John Wick prequel. Show yeah. why he became the Baba Yaga.
1: Mm-hmm. Go
0: show the Ruthless John Wick from 10 years prior.
1: Where he cleared out uh, the people in power and got the, uh, you know, all those people that he got put into power yeah. in power, you know, and go with that route.
0: Yeah. Just or build something
1: after his death, you know, a sequel yeah. TV series and, and try and well, keep it going. I believe the know? rumors
0: are developing a fifth one. So. Even though Scholinsky at this point's not involved yet because he's working on the Highlander remake, so yeah, so we'll see. Uh, did you watch anything else besides those? That's it yeah, for you. Yeah,
1: yeah. So uh, I did um, see that. Uh, you know, one of our friends, uh, Alex, over on, uh, uh, you know, Thor. Well, it's not Thor'skin anymore. Uh, it's it's you suck and Shrewsbury um, for for him. But Alex had you know, posted that he saw uh Gran Turismo and that he really liked it. And I was like, you know, it looked it looked like it had cool parts. Uh and so I was like, well, you know, maybe there's more to it. So I rented it. I didn't buy it. Uh I watched it. Um I think David Arbor is good in it. Um Orlando does his part, but I feel like uh you know you go in it and you know if you've seen Ford Ford v. Ferrari you know, you're thinking, you know, okay, it's going to be something similar. It's not, I feel like it's, uh, it's watered down compared to Ford v Ferrari. Uh, You know, it does tell the uh, you know, the true story of them, you know, uh, having the top 20 uh, Gran Turismo racers compete. That was an actual thing. Um, And uh, they did try and uh, make a run um, with the, um, with that racer.
0: Uh I've heard but, that's kind of where the movie really over embellishes after that. I heard yeah, kid, the real kid only did like one race if i remember right.
1: It was it was like it was a couple, but it yeah, wasn't, it wasn't he didn't he didn't have a, a long career. That's that's yeah. for sure. Um they you know for for what he, you know, came from, you know, it was a good opportunity for him. Got the opportunity to drive a real race car and uh I think uh what's cool about it is it does go into these video game modes where you kind of see Um, the lining of the track, like where the computer or the the game would want you to go like the suggested track road to take. If you're trying to like cut the person off in front of you and overtake him, um, it does go into like, kind of like a game, you know, like the, the Gran Turismo game mode. Um, But uh, I think it would have probably worked better as an over the top Michael Bay film, honestly. and, And you just not even touch on the real story and, uh you make it into a game about racing cars kind of like you know Fast and the Furious, but keep it grounded like the first couple, you know, Fast and the Furious films mm-hmm. and not go too over the top. Um, so it's, it's uh it's okay, you know.
0: It's interesting that Neil Blokamp, who directed you know, Elysium and District 9, and yeah. had Chappie was not as big of a success, and he tried to get his First, he tried to get his Aliens remake done or his Aliens reboot. Then he tried to get his RoboCop reboot done and none of them worked. And so he took this movie and uh, this feels like a studio picture. Like, hey, I I need to make some money, do something for a studio. Yeah. So it can finance. Hopefully the rumor is that District 10 is coming. uh, Sequel District 9. So we'll see. That's that's his next project. He's been doing a lot of short films over the last few years. A lot of really horrifying, scary, short sci-fi films. There's some of them pretty brutal.
1: Yeah. Movie. I mean, I what the movie, be? Director? yeah, it looks good. I just, uh, like you said, I, I, I feel like it's, it's just missing something. Um, yeah. I think it's, it's missing that adrenaline pumping. It's missing that, uh, connection with, with the racer, you know, the, the racer wants to, uh, you know, he's got this relationship with his dad. And, yeah. and his dad is like, you know, if you get stuck in video games, you're never going to make it, you know, and you're, you know, this is where you're going to work. Come, come with me to the docks and work the railroads. Cause you know, that's, that's what you're going to be. You're not going to make yourself in anybody. And then he proves them wrong. So that, that part of the story is kind of cool, but I feel like it doesn't, uh, you know, do a good job of kind of laying out that, that connection between the, the dad and the son. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean there's some good good performances there. I just you know, as a whole, it just didn't work. Yeah. Uh, for me. And I kind of agree with most critics where they're, you know, kind of saying, eh, it, you know, and and to your point, I think that could have been the, the case, just taking right. it for the paycheck, you know.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh do a little bit of news then before we get in today's feature film. Um the uh nicely Rural public remake appears dead officially now as it's been taken off of most servers and websites and uh not gonna happen so well, that sucks yep that's uh, just the way it is i mean i don't have a ps5 anyway so <laughs> 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 hopefully i'm going to try saving money and give me one next year um we got a trailer for sony's next spider universe movie uh madame web and Oof. man it looked bad um, yeah. Let's put a bunch of good-looking chicks in a movie and hope it sells by putting them in some spider costumes. Um, and we don't care if they can act worth the shit. They're just, just going to look hot. Yeah. You
1: know? Yeah. And then no one asked for this movie. Um, you don't need a Madam Web prequel. Madam <coughs> Web well, can be introduced. Most people know? don't
0: even know who Madam Web is. Yeah. Casual viewers are like, what? who is that? You know? Just... What have you done? It, it's just a it's she's a B character in the Spider Universe. It's like why? She, you know, she's like a second rate villain.
1: Yeah. You know? And you know, she's really, you know, kind of introduced uh in in the multiverse, you know, the spider-verse. Um, but it's uh yeah, I think you just need her to like make an appearance and cameo. You don't need to give her like a freaking, you know, movie. Yeah, you know, I feel like it's turning into Teen Titans Go. Does everything have to have a damn, you know, a, a exhibition movie? You know, do we need <laughs> a movie for Batman's fucking bat belt? Do we need a movie for for Albert? Uh, <laughs> you know, it's like, well, where where is it going to end? You know, you're you're starting, you're creeping towards, you know, that way with Madam Web. Just stop.
0: stop. Yeah. And while the uh, Marvel <laughs> universe tends to um, try to refine its footing after. Spider-Man No Way Home and not a lot of success since. It uh, <clears throat> looks like fantastic forecasting is going to start heating up. Um, if you believe the rumors this week, Pedro Pascal might be Mr. Fantastic, which this one kind of came out. No, no, I love Pedro. Don't get me wrong. We, we're big Pedro fans here on the show, yeah, but for real, it's like he's in everything, you know, and now, like, I didn't see this coming, that he might be Reed Richards. I thought Krasinski
1: um, was going to do it.
0: Uh, I thought so, too, but apparently they – uh, well, there's been some talk that John Krasinski is not sure if he wants to commit to multiple pictures, you know. Oh, okay. um, and that could be some of the reasoning why. Um, but I didn't see Pedro coming, I thought, you know, there's other people I thought of. Uh, a lot of rumors that Mads Mikkelsen is being looked at for Dr. Doom, and I that's pretty good casting. Uh, that they want that Javier Bardem to come in and do the motion cap and voice for Galacticus. Um, another. I think great cast, you know, mm-hmm. um, Javier Bardem. Um, so it looks like this is heating up. I mean, the film is due, you know, next year in 2025. So you imagine Cassie's got to heat up soon if they're going to start filming and uh, have this thing ready by, by next year. So,
1: yeah. Um, and Vanessa Kirby, really
0: Vanessa Kirby's still the rumored uh, Miss, Miss, Miss is fantastic, you know, Sue Storm. So. Sue Storm. We'll see, man. That's. Well, I That's mean, Fantastic be- Four to me is a movie that could save the MCU. You know, they're big time characters. No oh, problem.
1: and and you start getting into a whole other, a whole other rogues gallery that you know can can definitely bring, you know, people's interest back into Marvel films. Like you said, Galactus, Silver Surfer. You can go cosmic with them. Yeah. Uh, and then of course, you know, Doctor Doom.
0: Yeah. So we'll see and uh, where it goes um that's really all the news this week you know and uh that, that i i noticed it feels like i missed something that i probably did miss but you know um i am not gonna lie i did the news about three minutes before we recorded <laughs> 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 it's like i jotted it down real quick i was like oh i need news um well let's get into today's featured film then man uh you know the next uh six months and actually already started is is going to be um it's godzilla time man the 70th anniversary is next year. Um, I can almost guarantee we're going to cover a few Godzilla movies on the show next year, mm-hmm. and we're going to start here today. I mean, this—it's hard to believe in 300 plus episodes that this is only the second time we've ever done a Godzilla film. You know, we did a on Long's birthday. We did Godzilla versus Mothra. But mm-hmm. Is that the one we did? Yeah. And yeah. then, and now we're doing this today. And in, in, in two weeks, um, in American theaters, it's already blowing up theaters in Japan. Godzilla Minus One hits theaters, which is the new film from Toho Productions. And then uh, Monarch, The Legacy of Monsters, just hit Apple Plus Television. Um, the this, this sequel, prequel slash sequel series, I guess, to the current MonsterVerse. Mm-hmm. And in March, we have Godzilla vs. Kong 2 coming out. So a lot's happy with Godzilla in the world right now. Godzilla and, Minus
1: uh, One and I Two. And like, yeah, two weeks though, man. Just two, it's two weeks away. The yeah. 30th. At five o'clock, you can see it.
0: Oh, well, I'm probably gonna go that Saturday. I think. Yeah, and see it. Um, it's too hard to do afternoon movies after school and stuff. And, uh, but yeah. Um, so Godzilla: Minus One hit and theater. So we thought we'd go back into 2014 and and talk uh, Gareth Edwards' uh, Godzilla reboot that launched the current monster verse and uh, with a new film from Warner Brothers and Legendary Pictures and with the blessings of Toho to. Reboot Godzilla for American audiences. And uh, yeah, I, I saw this film when it came out actually at the drive-in theater, which is a pretty cool place to see Godzilla. Yeah. Um, and the I think my only beef was seeing it at the drive in theaters that it was a little dark. Um, there's so hard to see some things being out, out at an outdoor theater, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically the, essentially this film is a is a reboot slash reworking of the Godzilla mythos wherein there was a you know nuclear accident in the fifties that created Godzilla and Godzilla has basically been in hiding for all these years, along with a couple of other gives you all the uh, stock footage things. Yeah. Yeah. Along with all a couple other monsters and Brian Cranston plays a scientist who, uh, his team, um, unleashes one of these monsters un- unknowingly. Uh, and as he witnesses, his wife dies. Um, but they never see where the monster goes, but they realize the monster goes back into hiding. And a few years later, um, grandson's doing some research as he's he's uh, stuck on it. He he help, has with the help of his son, they discover site B basically, um, and uh, they've been hiding the monster all this time, and um, so and then of course the monster awakens and that awakens uh, Godzilla himself into an ascent, and then it also awakens the uh, female because the two mutas want. How do you say mut? I, I, I don't know. Yeah, uh, it's say the two the, monsters yeah, and to basically mate and create more monsters. And it's up to Godzilla to stop them. Of course the U S military has their plan to use a nuclear weapon and draw the, uh, the monsters off the mainland and try to, to, to nuke the monsters, but that does not work the way they want it to. And so in the, one of the great lines from the movie were, uh, can, can Tanabe's character says, let them fight. And we get to watch the monster action and, and Godzilla kicking some ass. And, uh, you know, this is a cool film. Visually, it's incredible. Gareth Edwards, man, just like he did with Rogue One, he knows how to set up shots and, and he knows how to be cinematic. Um, it's like they make they you can tell they had a filmmaker,
1: a a true filmmaker, make this movie versus yeah. like a a fan. Because right. you because if you have a fan that makes the film, you get Godzilla King of Monsters, where it's kind of like you know all over the place. Um, I feel like. These shot, like the shot, like you said, the shots are great. Um, I think, uh, you know, them using, you know, the kind of dark and and smoky, uh, scenes around Godzilla and kind of having him pop out. Um, that was really cool. Even though, depending on how you're watching it, like you said, it is kind of hard to see sometimes. Um, I watched it at night, so it wasn't too bad. Uh, but you can tell this Godzilla, he's, uh, uh, he's aged, uh, he uh, he doesn't give a shit and you know, don't don't fuck with him, man.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I also, yeah, visually it's an incredible film. Uh I like the way that it's shot from ground perspective a lot to give a scope and size to yes. it to make these monsters seem as enormous as they are. Um I think my one beast still with the film 10 years later is uh you're gonna have a little more Godzilla in your Godzilla film. <laughs> You know, it just seems like yeah. I could use more. And I guess that is one thing I like about King of Monsters. There's lots of Godzilla in it, where this one, it's, um, a little, uh, I mean, there's maybe 20 minutes of Godzilla in this two hour film.
1: Yeah. And it just feels like there's should be up. more.
0: Um, there's a lot more with the, the monsters, they, the, than they are Godzilla at times, you know? And, uh, and that's probably what I'm going to be for the film. But I think the film makes up for that in spectacle. Um, a pretty, pretty decent story that doesn't, uh, does it dumb down the humans as much as King of the Monsters does? That is one thing about King of the Monsters, the human story is just you roll your eyes at it. Yeah. And at least in this one, the human story makes a lot more sense. You know, it's ultimately about uh Aaron Aaron Johnson's character, you know, Cranson's son getting back to his family, but also doing his duties as a military officer, you know. And uh so it has a um a, the human side of this story works better for me than the the King of the Monsters yeah yeah them
1: them trying to fight the monsters and and failing that's always a a staple in a godzilla film you know you get like a platoon of soldiers like just unloading on the monster and it's just like you know not doing anything and the monster comes over there just freaking eats all of them in one bite <laughs> uh you know it's a uh, you know pretty we- pretty pathetic the uh, attack that the uh, humans were able to to wage against them and they Luckily, they had
0: Godzilla come in there and and wreck shit, you know. Yeah, and God and Godzilla definitely wreck shit. And what's cool is like Godzilla, you know, never messes with the humans at all. They no. shoot at him and all this, and he just sort of ignores them. Like, you know, no, I'm here to They're help an y'all. annoyance. Y'all. I don't realize I this. Yeah, you know, but y'all are just little flies in the wall bothering me, you know. And uh, this still has one of my coolest moments in the MonsterVerse movie so far is I love it towards the end of the film where he rips the one monster's mouth open and just shoots his fire right into his mouth. Yes, That's so cool. I'm like, that's that's a badass Atomic scene.
1: breath right yeah. into the mouth. And, and Jackie was watching it with me, and he charges up and unleashes his atomic breath. And she's like, well, where did that come from? I was like, he's a fucking radioactive
0: <laughs> lizard, baby. That's, that's what that's happens the, the king of the monsters no uh-huh. yeah no and uh yeah he just and he does tear asshole in this movie he just he just destroys uh the poor city of uh san francisco is ultimately left wiped out almost um yeah. and it is one of those movies where you know you got collateral damage they don't talk about but they do mention it and King of the Monsters. That's one thing they do mention. You know, even though King of Monsters kind of takes place in what in Boston, on the other side of the the um, the states, they yeah. do mention San Francisco and the disaster and people lost their lives. So they, it's not one of those movies where they don't they totally ignore it. You know, it does exist in the MonsterVerse that this disaster happened with these monsters. Um, I do. Uh, I think my other beef with this movie, which we end up getting made up for in the second one, was like the two the two mutois or whatever you call them or the the random monsters. Are just random monsters. And as a Godzilla fan, you're like, man, come on, where, where's, where's King Ghidorah and these other bad motherfuckers. Yeah. And of well, course we was, get all that in the second one. It was
1: originally, I think the film was originally marketed as, as Godzilla versus Heisenberg. And, uh, we, you know, people were kind of, uh, you know, down that, that they, you know, never got that. They never got Heisenberg. You got these little, you know, monsters, uh, Wait, that
0: who's popped
1: Heisenberg? Out. um, he he's one of the uh, he's he's one of the monsters in the uh, in the Rogues gallery.
0: Well, I guess I've never heard that name. Mag versus Godzilla. Oh. And I figured these other monsters are probably based on some sort of Godzilla mythology at some point. You know, this we don't have our Godzilla expert Long on the on the show with us today because he would know all these answers. You know, because he that's what Long knows. He knows Godzilla answers. But. Um, but I think the monsters they did put here are still pretty cool by design. I just wish they had like cooler names, you know. Yeah, no, he- Heisenberg is uh breaking bad. That's what I was saying. I know that <laughs> <Yeah. a breaking laughs>
1: character. I was like, what? Like, yeah, but that's what monster. it that's what it looked like, you know. It's like and then you only get Brian Cranston in uh um in the film for a little bit, you know. <sighs> that is
0: total randomness. Yep. Gee whiz, Matt. I and am a then... the danger. Ah. <laughs> uh, you never even watched Breaking Bad. Yeah, you must be slacking on Babylon 5 lately too. You mentioned that lately.
1: Man, I I, ha- I have. I haven't watched hardly I think maybe a couple episodes, but I've been tempted to watch the uh the animated um you know the animated movie that came out little series. It's a movie or a series um, movie. movie, but I know yeah. I haven't, you know, haven't been
0: through enough of season three to really. Yeah, I'd watch more before you do that. Yeah. Uh, but Godzilla, man, you know one thing that's cool about this this Gareth Edwards movie is like it gave him, you know, it it pushed him forward to do Ro- He ended up doing Rogue One after this. Now he has his new movie out, The Creator, that I really want to see. And uh, one thing I like about Gareth Edwards is as a director is visually, man, this guy gets, like you said, he's a filmmaker. He gets what visuals are. I mean, there's some great yeah. shots in this. There's some great shots of rogue one. Uh, if you ever seen his first film monsters, which is made with a super low budget, some incredible shots in it for a super low budget. And, uh, like, I, I think it's, it's a cool scene. Like when, when they they're looking up at Godzilla, the military is going in They close the bunker doors in front of them. It's yeah. just it's a really, really cool scene. And then it's also kind of thing about terrifying. You close these bunker doors, but there's a monster right out inside the other door of them. You know, um, and uh, I I completely forgot too watching this that Elizabeth Olsen was in this movie. Yeah, you whenever know. I saw her I was like,
1: oh, I forgot that that she, he's she's uh, you know, Ford's, you know, Ford's wife in the yeah. film.
0: Yeah, she's in there and she she's looking good as always, you know, doing her oh, thing.
1: Yeah, yeah man. Then, uh, the best Olsen. Uh and then Ken Watanabe's great in it. Um, I oh, like yeah. him.
0: Yeah, and no know, he's one of those guys. It's just always a solid, solid, well, good actor, man, since he's come on the scene, uh, always mm-hmm. like watching his presence on screen. And, uh, and he, he gives a sense of, uh, you know, here you are, you're making this movie about giant monsters and make believe things. And, and he brings like this reality to the role. And it was cool to see him return for King of the Monsters too. And, um, I like him in his, in, in, the movie. And, uh, Elizabeth Olsen, you know, she's, she's good in it too. She's actually, a uh, you know, plays the the mom who's worried about her husband and taking care of her son and doing her duties as a nurse also at the same time. And I think that's what, like I said, this movie plays on the human story, does well it's you know, you got this aspect of Ford doing his military duties and trying to get to his family. She's doing nursing duties, trying to take care of her son. And I think it gave the humans a little bit more uh what they do in a disastrous situation like this. <coughs> Where in the second one, King of the Monsters. The humans are more just like um they seem to cause more issues in the second one than they yeah. do to help in this one
1: yeah and uh i, I like that they uh you know they, there's also like a bomb at the end so they throw in like another conflict where they've got to disarm the bomb uh, yeah. or get it as far away as possible um so i thought that was pretty cool you know they they're at they, they've got multiple uh multiple issues multiple um you know finales going on
0: right and, they and the money this out.
1: thing made 93 thousand 93 million um the first weekend uh and it just you know it's the most successful isn't it the most successful godzilla movie to date it might be i can't remember uh, king I, of the monsters it, is. Yeah, it has
0: it hadn't made more than king of the monsters i would think because king of the monster remember kind of had a good opening weekend after that it didn't really uh wasn't as successful
1: yeah, because no. they're like, oh, the human story sucks. And people are like, I want to see the monsters, though. I don't care about the human story. <laughs> right.
0: There was that that conversation. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it did 93 million opening weekend, 200 million total in the U.S., worldwide 524. So, yeah, pretty successful. When King of the Monsters only did 110 total in the U.S. So, yeah, definitely more successful and King Kong versus Godzilla I don't think that was during the covid thing with multiple releases so yeah probably yeah well 100 million US 470 million worldwide for Godzilla versus Kong so it's still not as much money but pretty successful considering it was a simultaneous release on HBO Max yeah so, and now we'll have a, in a couple of weeks Godzilla minus 1 comes out and then we will have um <laughs> Godzilla vs Kong 2 in just a few months and Monarch Legacy of Monsters on Apple Plus right now. So, good stuff. I man, I like Godzilla. Looking forward to the 70th anniversary next year. Looking forward to seeing Godzilla Minus One. And uh, we'll definitely do a couple Godzilla movies next year for the anniversary, I think. Oh, so, for sure. So, uh, all right, man. Are we ready? Are we ready for that time of month? You got pop culture ready for this month?
1: It's that time of the month, man. I've got this
0: month in pop culture history.
1: That's right, buddy. Um, so this month in pop culture history, um, and really a lot of these films got released in, in November, I think all of them, but, uh, Her- uh, 2001, 22 years ago, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone released, uh, and of course we know, you know, through, uh, nine books, was it nine bo- seven books, seven books, seven books, yeah, uh, you know, very successful, um, a lot of. Uh, fan following even now uh cosplays uh you know halloween people are still dressing up like harry potter uh even though you know he hasn't had a hit movie in like you know oh, 14 these years kids that
0: grew up or grew up or dressed as harry potter all right you know what i'm saying
1: oh yeah you know, oh yeah role play <laughs> uh huh
0: that's what that's
1: what <laughs> with, it is with hermione with hermione <laughs> <laughs> but yeah yeah
0: man uh what's your favorite harry potter film uh, I mean, I've still never seen the last two. Oh, that's I, right. I just got to watch them. Uh, but I liked the um, the one with uh, where they introduced Oldman's character. Oh yeah, Prisoner yeah. of Azkaban. That's probably Prisoner one of Azkaban. Yeah. yeah,
1: that one's good, man. That's a that's a good one.
0: Yeah, I, it was funny because I went to that. I, I'll never forget. I went to that. and My mom wanted to go see it because she and I had not. I'd seen the first two, and I just had not sat and watched the third one yet. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, I haven't seen the third one, but I'll go with you. You know, I, I'm sure I can figure out what's going on. And I remember watching it and just walking out, like really enjoying that, that Prisoner of Azkaban. So I thought it was a good movie. Nice.
1: Um, Man, we're almost coming up on a, on a, you know, anniversary for this film. But 1984, Nightmare on Elm Street released uh, Wes Craven, of course, the film that saved New Line Cinema. And uh, of course, after that, it was referred to
0: the house that Freddie built. Yeah, it's so odd that that movie didn't come out like in October. You know, I always thought it was weird that it had, I knew it had a November release, and I always thought it was weird that had a November release. Um, you know, but I, I also look at it then in the, in 1984, you probably you didn't have that release window like you have now. Like now, you got a horror movie. If you don't put it out in the springtime, you got to get it out September, October because you have a release yeah. window. Where back then, you figure you could put a horror movie out after Halloween cause you had a longer release window. Um, you weren't moving on to big ticket Thanksgiving movies yet, like you are nowadays, you know? So yeah. I think that's a big difference.
1: Um, one thing I did not know, 1940, Walt Disney became an FBI informer. Had no idea. Um, so he, he started serving uh, as an informer for the Los Angeles office, uh, and uh, he his job was to report back information on Hollywood subversities.
0: Yeah, it, but it, it's but it's it's pretty brief. It's a pretty brief moment in history, and he didn't yeah. do that much reporting, really. It's just yeah, I don't think hard he contributed and, much. Yeah, yeah. they kind of hard and say, if hey, you see anything, anything we need to know, you know, but yeah, yeah, it's I like, don't worry, man. Interesting me and, story.
1: Me and Mickey Mouse are on it. Ho
0: ho. Yeah, you Ho-ho! know, if you see if you, yeah. <laughs> see if you see Marilyn Monroe behind there, you know, blowing somebody, you know, let us know.
1: <laughs> let us know. <laughs> it's like, hey, she's with JFK. Nope, you didn't yeah. see that. Yep, yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 1990. Uh, you know, uh, man, it almost feels like yesterday. But uh John Hughes' film Home Alone, directed by Christa Columbus and uh, Macaul- and starring Macaulay Culkin, premieres in Chicago. Um, it was like like a still some of these kids' favorite movies.
0: Uh, yeah, Home kids Alone and,
1: and Home Alone Two.
0: Pretty funny it's a pretty funny movie and before uh, McCultt you know it made McCulaley Colkin rich so he could buy a bunch of drugs and hookers and getting himself into trouble That's what and life's I, don't out, you, I don't know if you'd bought hookers but I know he had some drug issues yeah and, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I shouldn't make fun of his issues but you no, know, the movie is a is, is a classic you know people still mm-hmm. love it today you know, it's legitimately a pretty funny movie
1: um we had just finished talking about this uh 2019 space western Star Wars franchise Mandalorian start by John Favreau released on Disney Plus, of course, starring Pedro Pascal, Gina Carano, Bill Burr. You know the rogues Scout. You know oh, the yeah. cast. Yeah. Disney
0: Plus itself launched that day, mm-hmm. uh, with the first episode, and uh, yeah, it's changed the streaming wars. That's for sure. I can and, bring uh, you man, in
1: warm. Bring you in cold.
0: And, uh, yeah, now the Mandalorian's been a very successful part of Star Wars lore. Everyone loves it. It introduced the biggest marketing uh, genius thing they could ever come up with, with Baby Yoda. Yes. As a child. And uh, they sold uh, probably millions of dollars of child merchandise, I'm sure, at this point. For
1: real, man. It's still going, too. People still yep. love Baby Yoda.
0: And yep, refuse sure. to call
1: him Grogu. They Expect still... an
0: announcement soon about a fourth season and other things. So.
1: Yeah. Uh, 2006. Casino Royale released the 21st James Bond film starring Daniel Craig. Uh, going back to that ruthless James Bond that we got in The Living Daylights and License to Kill, uh, you know, but uh, yeah, no more campiness and uh, no. and such. Still one
0: of the best Bond films, you know. Uh, it's so good. You didn't think it'd get better, but then you got Skyfall a couple years better, which is far superior than even this. And Casino Royale is a really good film. But then Skyfall is probably still the best mod film made, you know, ever. Oh, yeah. And, uh, but it's definitely a good reboot, man. Uh, I wish we could have maybe gotten a few more Craig films, but we got, what, one, two, three, four, five films from him? Mm-hmm. Was it five films? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know.
1: Casino, Quantum, Skyfall, Spectre, and then yeah, Die Another no Day. No Time to Die. No Time to Die, sorry. Yeah.
0: So it would have been nice if have got some more films because I really liked him as Bond. But, you know, we'll take the five films we got. I mean, all five of them are pretty solid. I mean, Spectre's... Everyone hates on Quantum of Solace. I kind of like that one. To me, Spectre's the one that's a little kind of boring. You
1: know? Yeah. And even, and and it's, even got, it's not
0: terrible. It's just yeah. kind of like, yeah, you know.
1: And it's got Batista in it, too. He's yeah. pretty badass in it. I, li- I like that they, uh you know, with that movie, they at least went back to that, like, fucking badass
0: villain Type that's in yeah, there, yeah. you know, like Jaws. Well, um, and it's got Christoph Waltz in it as Blofeld, who's fantastic. You know, it just yeah, uh, it's just I think it was just the plot of it, it was kind of like yeah, it's all right. Yeah,
1: that's true. uh So I don't know if uh, if you've ever seen this film, this one I it caught my eye because it's a a favorite of my dad's, uh, starring Jack Nicholson, 1975. We got this film 48 years ago, and it's uh, the one who flew over the cuckoo's nest, based on the adaptation of the novel by Ken Casey. Directed by Milos Foreman, uh, of course, starring Jack Nicholson.
0: Yeah, I've never actually sat and watched all of it. It's it's a Kubrick film, and yeah, you know, I'm just yeah. not a huge Kubrick guy. Yeah. can't hit or miss with Kubrick. most of uh, the time it's missed for me. I yeah. just I don't know. I really care for his films.
1: You one of those guys, uh, I, I think the the only movie that I can I can say that, hey, you know, I may put on every so often is Full Metal Jacket. Um, And even then, sometimes you just got to be in the mood for that, you know, for that film. Um, And then lastly, uh, man, we just, you know, got done talking about monsters. 1931, Frankenstein, Boris Karloff, directed by James Whale, based on Mary Shelley's 1818 novel, Frankenstein,
0: released. One of the uh, one of my favorite Universal Horror movies. In fact, I think I forgot to mention the show over the Halloween. I did watch Bride of the fin- Bride of Frankenstein, the sequel, which is actually hard to believe it's better than the first one. You know, it's really? Bride Frank. You know, Hell Bride Frankenstein is one of the best movies. Well, the is one of the best of the Universal Classics. It's always considered like the primo. Yeah, it's really good. Um, but yeah, Frankenstein's great too. You know, it's such a cool movie. I'm so looking forward to Guillermo Del Toro's Frankenstein remake. I mean, you know it's gonna be badass with Del Toro doing it. Yeah, man. You got
1: Del Del Toro knows he he knows how to uh make a monster and, and still make that like emotional connection um that yeah. those films require. Uh
0: yeah. Oh yeah. No, it's gonna be great. But man, unbelievable film is 90 92 years old. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. All right. Good shit, Matt. Good shit. Um Thanks. as always. Uh all right, man. Well, next week we are going to roll right on uh, with more podcasting and uh gonna talk a movie that um was is it was an Oscar winner, man. And it, it won the Oscar kind of out of a surprise. You know, it came out early in the year, didn't make a ton of money at the box office, but it found a home on, on video and things like that, and, and got some Oscar buzz. And uh it kind of introduced the world in a way, in a sense to Jeremy Renner because at this point he had been around but he had not been a huge star yeah. And, and he stars in this, it's quite a remarkable film, man. It's, it's really well done war movie with about. all
1: hand cameras too.
0: Yeah. Um, shot by Catherine Bigelow and uh, she, she won the, the Oscar for uh, camera. She won best director for this or not, but definitely won best picture. And, uh, and I mean, she may have, I think this might be the year she beat her, her ex-husband, James Cameron. Yeah. Cause he was nominated for avatar.
1: Oh. I think it's probably the same
0: year Avatar came out and, and she ended up... We, i will have to research that for next yeah, week. Yeah, we're going to gonna have sure. to look at that, yeah. Or maybe it was Zero Dark Thirty that was the one that was nominated the same year as Avatar. We'll, we'll have to look and see. Mm-hmm. But um, but that is the Hurt Locker. Welcome to Camp Victory. Oh, Camp Victory? I thought this was Camp Liberty. Oh, no, they changed that about a, a week ago. Victory sound better. All right. So what do you got? The car oh, has been parked illegally. The suspension is sagging. There's definitely something heavy in the trunk. Interesting. What's he doing? I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die comfortable. How many bombs have you disarmed? 873. 873? You're a wild man. You know that? <laughs> well, that was too so bad. Our first time working together? What do you think? I think us working together means I talk to you and you talk to me. You going on a date, Sanborn? team leader is inspiring. Wow. He's gonna get me killed. What's the best way to go about disarming one of these things? The way you don't die, sir. That was good. What do we have here? This box is full of stuff. It almost killed me. What about this one? Where's this one from, Will? It's my wedding ring. Like I said, stuff that almost killed me. <laughs> Put down the phone!
1: Run him, I can't get a shot! I was scared. Yeah? Well, everyone's a coward about something.
0: We're going on a mission. And my job is to keep you safe so we can keep going on missions. It's combat, buddy. Uh, go! go! Realize every time you suit up it's life or death. Found something. You roll the dice and you deal with it. And uh, this is a film that, uh, you know, a lot of modern war films um, that play on the things that have happened in Afghanistan and stuff like that. Um, I, I I didn't, I felt like a lot more cash grabs, you know, over the years mm-hmm. as they were trying to cash in on current events. But there are a few like this one and uh, American Sniper and, and Lone Star, Lone Star, Lone Survivor that mm-hmm. I think were really good and really well done. Um, even though Lone Star of might be a bit of an embellishment from what we know, it's still a good film. Um, but The Hurt Locker is one of the, is probably one of the top two, along with American Sniper, from this era of uh, modern war films. and just such a remarkably well-done movie um, with with a great cast and great acting. Anthony Mackie is in this in one mm-hmm. of his early roles and great direction. And uh, looking forward to talking to it next week. It's been a while since I've watched it. And uh, so looking forward to watching it and, and talking about it.
1: And that dude from, uh, uh, from red dragon, I forget his name. He makes a cameo in it. And, uh, he was in, uh, he was in mission impossible or no, no. He was in, uh, James Bond. He's like the new M basically. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, bro, yeah, Ra- yeah. Ray fines. Ray fines. Yeah, yeah. He's in there. He's as the, uh, he's either British or Aus- yeah. Australian. British
0: intelligence or something like yeah, that.
1: British yeah. intelligence. Yeah,
0: no, this is a good movie with a good cast, man, and uh, and uh, a lot of people, you know, it kind of was a controversial best picture winner, I guess, because people felt like, oh, well, no one saw the movie, but that doesn't mean it's not worth seeing. You know, exactly. Uh, people have definitely seen it since, and uh, definitely a good watch. So we're going to talk to Hurt Locker on next week's show, and uh, until then, the dot com for all your Rebel Radio needs, and uh, we thank you as always for listening to the show. And um, until then, continue to be safe. This has been Mark. This has been Matt. Remember, as always, just Just go there and do do it. With a yawn.